Hitting record, but I will come back to this screen. And original music is on. You should be able to hear this. Hi, everyone. It's another uh, Humble and Fred show. And uh, let me just... Okay, there we go. Everyone should be able to hear that. Yep. Oh, Felice Navidad. Oh, you were doing a little Trump dance there, Freddie. <laughs> you know. Feliz yeah. Navidad. So what you were about to say to Dan, you, you just before the show, uh, you and I were talking about your day. I was supposed to fly to Orlando at 1.30. The flight has been delayed to 4. Dan, who do I call? Who do I berate? <laughs> no. Who do I demand things off? <laughs> That's funny. The, the way he said it to me, though, was, that was he said to me, uh, so I'm in place today. I go, yeah, it's a drag. He goes... How can I? How can I dandoran this? Or how, what? What dandoran? No, what, what was the phrase you used? What was? The, what's my dandoran recourse? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can I demand? What, what can, can I get? That voice where I'm very upset, and then end up with a free flight or something. Is there? Can I help me? Dan? Uh, you're close. How many hours is it? Two and a half, Dan. Two and a half. And when did they notify you? Uh, early, early this morning. This morning. Yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. This morning. I don't know if two and a half is quite enough. I think the threshold, I think, is three. I think it's four, actually. Yeah, four. So if they keep delaying it, then keep track of that. And then uh, you can file a uh, complaint with the airline. And then. uh, Yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, 142 this morning, the email. And so, yeah, they've covered their ass. Damn it. Well, yes and no, because if and and I was what I was saying to Fred, Dan, is that. I've had a couple of long delays and, and humble and Fred listener that I happen to be in a lineup with in France a couple of years ago. You know, we started talking about, you know, the show and everything. And he said, by the way, you can file. And, and that person ended up helping me get a thousand dollar voucher because it had been delayed some number of hours, 10 or whatever hours. But even I think at four hours, Fred has a recourse somewhere in the airline code. There's something that says a certain number of hour delay, even if you're notified for it, you're, you're allowed oh. something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but you should. It's within, it's, it's within, um, within 24 hours. So I think you're, you're in the zone there. If it, if it goes to, th- I think, is it four hours in? I, I think it's something like that. Yeah. Dan, I'm going to need more volume from you. Dan, I need more I'd volume. I have to look, I'd yeah. have to, I'll, uh, no, yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. Uh, yeah, let, Dan will get on it, Fred. Would you, Dan? <laughs> yes. Just, uh, because even if there's a free lunch in it, I want it. Oh, okay? yeah. yeah he, 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 forget, even if there's a voucher <laughs> for a burger. Yeah. yeah, forget getting to his holiday started today. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. Now, I'd also be prepared. Oh. It could take months because if the airline decides not to pay you, then, uh, like, I, I had a big thing going on with WestJet. Mm, months no. and months and months. Mm. And then all of a sudden they pay me. But uh, I had registered with the uh, the air passenger protection people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are way backlogged. And yes. that was a process that was also taking months and months and months. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going to happen fast. But well, you could and, and that's a problem because sort of the sub-theme of the show this We've only, exactly. we've only got so, so much time. Yeah, you may, so I, I could be dead before I get this that's money. Right. That the, you may, you that's right. Uh, uh, you may not outlive your voucher return promise your children. You'll actually be giving your children uh, a burger pass or li- free lunch at, at the airport. Yeah. Can I put this in the name of my grandchildren? That's right. Um, <laughs> You're willing it to your, to your family members. That makes sense. 
Yeah. Speaking of age, I see that Henry Kissinger has died. That's that's a name from our youth. He lived to be a hundred. That old bastard. Did he really? One hundred. Yeah. But he's dead. Secretary of State under Ford and Nixon. Yeah, he was a big reviled uh, by many. Reviled yeah, yes. by many. but a big name of uh, of the sixties uh, oh, yeah. and seventies. He was a big name on the world yep. stage on behalf of. The American government. And at a time when, you know, governments were sort of normal. You know, people, yes. or I'm sorry, people in government were sort of normal. I know there was weird shit going on behind the scenes all the time. But the weird shit that used to go on behind the scenes now goes on in front of the scenes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember how, how did he used to talk? Yes, I think there is going to be problems in the Middle East, which I will, which I will be on top of and I will try to fix. <laughs> okay. So that's how you think you talk. That's exactly how he sounds. <laughs> no, I was going to yeah. say, it's very similar to your Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and my English. <laughs> yes. Henry, my Kissing, Henry Kissinger. He was very much like that. You know, when I think yeah. of Kissinger lately, in because that, that, that series that you and I enjoyed, I, I saw it twice. The Offer. Right. There's that scene where the producer, Bob Evans, is trying to get Kissinger to come to the premiere of The Godfather. Right. And at the last second, you know, he's trying to arrange it. And it's a big deal. It's the early 70s. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but Kissinger shows up at the uh, premiere and it's, you know, it's a big deal. Dan, did you ever see I that? I forgot about that show. That was fantastic. Danny, did, Danny, I don't call him Danny. Yeah. Very, Danny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Danny. Did, <laughs> did you ever see The Offer? No, I did not. Didn't uh, didn't include that in my watch list. Well, Maybe I give it a shot this winter, Daniel. Okay. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, we've talked about that a few times on the show. And, and speaking of the show, we've got a big show. It's an email Thursday, but uh, all sorts of stuff happening. Let's get it started then, shall we? Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Hang on. See, I know Dan. Yeah. Let me take uh, it with you. Let me They're hit small. this. They're they transportable. You know? Dan, I don't I don't do mices. I, all they do, rats. Remember, remember when I told you about the second screen? Yes. So we're going to have this conversation again. We don't have to. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. you know, you were uh, filled with joy. Are you? Once you got used to it. Why? Why? I know. Why? Maybe I know. for 2024. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Four. Are you using a mouse? At this very moment, no. It's, oh, okay. uh, it's my thing. So once yeah. again, but Dan I, Duran. The hypocrite. See, there you go. I know Fred's I'm not a hypocrite. Here. I yeah, use it all are. the time. I just I didn't pull it out. Oh, okay. Pull it later, didn't well, pull it out later. Why don't you use your mouse? Or I'll in, use my mouse. Or yeah. in your case pull here. Pull out my mouse and use it. Yeah. Whatever that thing is. Okay, let's go. Let's all go. Right. Let's there go. we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our mobile, state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped basement facility in Brampton with a tablecloth that's brand new. And from a street-side porch in Stratford with 10 inches of snow on the windowsill that's melting. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who are whittling a log cabin manger scene in their spare time. It's Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred. Kelsey's is a go. Humble and Fred's gift of Christmas at Kelsey's December 20th. We'll give you some more details today about that. A lot of people have uh, entered, Fred. Yes, haven't they? <clears throat> yeah, we're quickly uh, 
that uh, list is really uh, getting long. Well, consider we didn't mention it until, I think, late Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I would say we're already at, at quarter capacity. So still room for a lot of people. We'll give you more details about that today. Of course, Dan Duran News on uh, Thursday's highlight. <clears throat> I sent you a news story, Dan. Oh, did you? I haven't checked yet. Yeah, I'll check uh, it. It's a pretty good on one. It, yeah. you check it out. Check, it, check out. it out. Check it out. Can you uh, add Lisa, the girlfriend Lisa, to the... Uh, the you, Lisa is a, uh, is a must-go. She's an auto. She's an auto. She's coming, of course. Yeah. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah. She's coming. She binge-listened binge to the show uh, it, yesterday. What show is that? <laughs> Sorry, this one. <laughs> Very good. Did she fast forward through the parts that you're not on? Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, I, <laughs> that's what I do too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what she did. No, she was. Uh, she said it got to be a little morose after a while with uh, you know old guy talk and uh, you know near death uh, kind of that that part of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general, she likes the show. She likes. Listening well, to how did, I'm sorry. How did she binge listen to it? Uh, she took the day off work to take care of some uh, bunch of, you know, organizing and paperworky and that kind of stuff yesterday. And so she just hunkered down to do it and thought she'd put something on and it just played and played and played. You know how it skips over to the next uh, episode kind of thing when you start. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she just listened it's a lot. day yesterday. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. A lot of you guys in one day. Well, it's too much, really. Dan, I, I apologize. I'm, I'm really looking for the thing I sent you. And... um. I don't know where it is. I'm looking at my sent mail, and I can't find I it. The, uh, in the meantime, the in the meantime, okay, I know this is email Thursday, yeah. but we just received an email, and I'm reading it, and it's interesting. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Give me a little notice for crying out loud. Okay. Uh, where's no, the email? Wanna... We just got an email? Yeah, from Jack Smilly or something. Regarding yesterday, you know, the uh, I was talking about Apple Music and the three most played songs. By the way, Spotify has come out with their stuff, too. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this Morgan Wallen guy, Jack Smilly, says, Hi, guys. I'm an OG Hundy P. So when I heard you talking about Morgan Wallen, I was reminded immediately because I like his music. And then it's sort of disjointed. It says that he was in your studio. It was probably 2018 when he broke out with the song, The Way I Talk. I remember it like it was yesterday. Loving the show, keep it up. (laughs) Sucking on it. Uh, (laughs) That's what he says. John, Jack is my email handle. I'm 56, resting heart rate 68. Bowel movements frequent and firm, just like cheese, so I don't even have to wipe. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I don't remember that guy, but why would I? I don't remember things. But uh, this, yeah, man, this I, superstar was in our studio in 2018. Is this what he's saying? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, uh, that takes me. You know, the way he's written it isn't the best. Immediately, because I like his music. That he was in your studio. But no, anyway. I know. Not everyone. Uh, hey, listen, not everyone's as articulate as you are. You got to give people a break. No, I, you know? I know that, and it's frustrating. Got, it is frustrating. It's got to be frustrating for you that not everyone is so <laughs> articulate and eloquent. Size. <laughs> Dan, I'm okay. sorry. I, I sent you something, and for some reason, I, I it didn't go, and I can't find it. But anyway, I I, I got a, an email from you with a link on it. 
Oh, you did get it. Good. Yeah. Oh well, then fuck, man. Well, Well, I've been sitting here while Fred was talking about Morgan Wallen, frustrated to try and find this fantastic story for you. Set it up loud, a Family Feud thing, right? Yes, that came from Keith Weiland, actually. Cool. Well, you know what, Fred? We've had a lot of people in our studio. Oh no, I know. And often, you know, over the years, we've made the point that a lot of people in our studio before they became superstars. Including us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mainly us. Really? By the way, speaking so, of you that. Know, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Adam Carolla. Uh, uh, John. Matt, um, Matt Damon. No, uh, Ben Affleck. Matt Damon was ben pretty. Affleck? No, it wasn't oh. Matt Damon. It was Ben, ben Affleck no, was, was in ben our Affleck. studio. Okay, I'm sorry. His buddy. Uh, John Cusack was in our studio, but he was already a big star. But, but yeah, I want to get back to something. You know, you, you, you okay. did that thing about the Apple Music and Spotify. Yes. Has come out with it. And, and by the way, one of my emails today is going to. Several of our listeners have sent screen caps of how much or how many minutes, speaking of girlfriend Lisa, who listened to our show yesterday. But what Spotify will do is give you a screen, yeah. a cap of how many minutes, not a screen cap. They'll give you a, an assessment of how many minutes you've listened to any podcast over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Oh. Are you with me, Dan? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, recently this Canadian publication about radio did a year-end in review. And, and one of the things they did was their top 10 or top listen top podcasts in canada and of course it's all americans and it's smart lists and this and that and i think there's one canadian one in it but you know every opportunity that could include us because we are perennially in the top we're, we're perennially the top 10 canadian comedy podcasts week after week even when we're not in the top 200 which we are generally but you know i you know when we were off last week we had a couple of days there we were like 150 165 these are i know it doesn't sound like a lot but we've explained they're big numbers but here it is i almost wanted to send them a note and go what would we have to do for to get to get on your radar as having produced the most podcasts in Canadian podcast history and to perennially do pretty well against an American uh, cohort, if you will, Mm -hmm. that's pretty competitive. It just fucking irked me. I'll get over it. Oh, I will. But it bugged me about it. No, I know. I know. I know. I know what you're saying. But what are you going to do? I don't know. I've got nothing Can't to do. Can't change it. Nope. No use worrying. About it. <laughs> I'm going to get Dan Duran to write a let it roll off your back. <laughs> I'm going to let Dan get Dan Duran to write a t- write a tersely worded <laughs> sure. email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that is pretty cool because did you get all your Spotify numbers and um, listening habits and all that and your 2023 playlist? I got that all yesterday. It's it's interesting. You know, I didn't. I don't. Does it come? Where oh. does it, where does it go? Does it come to you as an email? No, it's just as soon as you log into Spotify. Oh, well, see, I never log out of Spotify, so. Well, I mean, okay, I, either do I. So it was just there huh. for me. And anyway, it, you're listening. Have you, have you guys tried out the uh, Spotify DJ? The AI yes. DJ? Mm-hmm. No, I have not. For two minutes, yeah. Yeah. Not interesting. And yeah, what does he do, Dan? He talks to you. He talks to you about your playlist. Okay, I'm logging back into Spotify now. Mm. I'll see if it comes up. There's also something a new uh, AI thing I knew noticed on Google. If you're uh, you can sing a song into uh, Google, 
and then uh, it'll it's sort of like uh, uh, what's the song app when you you know listen to the app I can't remember. Shazam Shazam it's like Shazam mm-hmm. but you hum the song hmm. so it's not oh, okay. actually what's playing you you say well, I can't remember you know da 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 you sing oh, that I into it. it and and oh, then it crazy. tells you what the song is. Again, Shazam is one of those things where I think back as a child, if anybody had ever told me you could have this device and hold it up to a, you know, to a song floating through the air, it would instantly give you the name. You know, this Shazam's crazy because a couple of times I fumbled with it, you know, to grab a song just as it's ending on a commercial or Mm -hmm. something. And it, like, maybe I'll catch two seconds of it at the end and it still tells me. It's amazing how that thing works. It really, it it really is. What a fantastic little tool, and for free. Oh yeah, the best part. It's <laughs> the best part. Yeah, I was. I did. I, I did log in and log out of my uh, Spotify, and yeah, I got my wrap there. I'm going to look at it later. It's pretty fascinating. I mean, I most of my Spotify listening though, or habits, would be playing songs for this show. Yes, and then you know the the only, the only well not the only other time, but the main other time I listen to Spotify is for podcasts. By the way, speaking of which, uh, Fly on the Wall is one that I've mentioned on the show, Dana Carvey and David Spade. And while we were gone, Dana Carvey's kid died. Did you guys hear this? Yep. No. A young man, 30 years old, accidental drug overdose. And uh, I keep going. I went back to the the, um, podcast, which made me think of it, as I was listening to an episode that they had recorded, obviously, prior to this. And I thought, oh, I wonder if they're going to... I wonder when Dana Carvey's coming back. But yeah, really, really sad, Dan. I mean, I don't know. And did you know any other details other than that? Uh, no, I think it was something to do with drugs, but it was, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but it was very sad. They stopped doing the podcast for a bit. Yeah, That's accidental. I all I read was accidental overdose, and the kid was like 30 years old. Can't yeah. imagine. Just horrible. Just horrible. Fentanyl, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, And speaking of kids, there's an update from the uh, story you had about uh, Corey Perry, who was released by the uh, Blackhawks this week, not for having sex with the kid's mother. No. But apparently uh, the headline here on The Sun is alcohol-fueled incident reportedly led to Corey Perry's release by the Blackhawks. And I've skimmed the story. I don't know if you have, Freddie, but Mm it doesn't really... There's not a whole lot of uh, some alleged, some incident, alcohol-fueled incident to happen during an event that included corporate partners. Well, this, this made me think, Howard. You know, you know, our long and fascinating and interesting careers and so often things will pop up and it reminds you of something that we can relate to. Mm. And we won't name him, but remember back 2002, whatever, we did a corporate thing to Florida with uh, a bunch of clients and one of the guys on Mojo showed up at the dinner <laughs> in bare feet and drunk. Oh, yes, and that's became, right. And it, it really, it became <laughs> oh, like yeah. a huge end. It was the beginning of the end for him. Yes, it, it was. It actually was. Yeah. And it just, when I see this Corey Perry story, it just reminded me of that. It looks like Corey Perry went to this corporate thing and probably had too many drinks and get into it with somebody. <laughs> And uh, obviously, the beginning of the end for him. This <laughs> kid's drunk. Starts sucking my dick. <laughs> Just, <laughs> oh, yeah, I do remember that Mojo uh, personality. Yeah. We, and, and yeah, because he was, you know, he was his own guy. And uh, 
you know, he was he was way outside the norm of society and showed up at this event in Florida yeah. where everyone else was fairly yeah, well dressed. Yes. And, and bare feet and hammered. So, yes. And like in a like a Hawaiian shirt, like unbuttoned to, you know, to his waist and obviously under the influence of booze. And yeah, it, uh, I remember I remember that vividly thinking, wow, man, well, like, what are you doing? Like, go freshen up at least. And then it became something. It became something. Uh, just this, this just in from uh, Toronto. Mike says, I'll bring some Morlin, Morgan Wall- Wallen on Humble and Fred for after Dan's news. So maybe he'll uh, be able to clear up right. the mystery. Isn't that something? Oh, hmm. by the way, that Spotify thing, all I, you want to talk about age. My number one artist for the year, hmm. the number one artist, the artist that I listen to more than any other. Just guess. Beatles. You'll never guess. Oh, okay. I just guessed, but I sorry. <laughs> you you know what? When, when people say you'll never guess, what you'll never guess. I just guessed, <laughs> so you're it? wrong. I said no. You, you never guess correctly. Aha! Uh-huh. That's what you okay. really mean. I'm There's sorry. A word missing in that sentence. But that is the word always missing in that sentence. Okay, so uh, number one artist for you was whom? And only because I go to sleep with it many nights. The Jackie Gleason Orchestra was number one for me. And I thought, wow, isn't that something? That is true. I would never and have I guessed And I crowded that. house the Beatles. They're all there. And, you know, Coldplay and all the ones that I like and among others. But number one, you should try it someday. Get in bed, put on your good pods and just listen to the Jackie Gleason uh, Orchestra as you go to sleep. It's, it works for me. I really puts me in a place okay so here's here's the number one artist that i played i think you couldn't get enough yeah so where is this number one because again this this isn't really what i listen to because it's what i play a lot which is Mm -hmm. dire straits sultans of swing because i use it as the theme for the golf podcast i played a lot right uh but number two this will be of no surprise to anyone uh steely dan number three beck because again it's part of the show yes yes uh, number four, a Spanish artist, Luis Miguel, because I play it for Senora. Coaches Navidad. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Coaches. That's right. Dan, what was your number one song? Was it some world music artist from it some. Was, I was thinking that's probably true. I don't like looking back at this stuff, though. Why is that, Dan? I don't know. Maybe it's something wrong with me. But I just, oh, there's I mean, definitely oh, really? something wrong with you. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but why? We're asking you a different question. <laughs> We're asking you a different. So you don't like to look back. We don't at ask the, you the obvious. <laughs> 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 so you don't like looking back on lists because it makes you feel forlorn and, one, and, 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 and has you confront your mortality, which you really can't do. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the uh, you know makes me uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's like bygones. It's done. It's over, over with, and I just don't want to know what because it takes me out of living in the moment. Maybe is kind of what I'm thinking. But maybe that's, maybe uh, yeah maybe. maybe just, so many things I could say right now, but I <laughs> no, please say them all. Please no, say no, every no, one no, of them. No, 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 I don't want to embarrass anyone. Nope. Okay. Not doing it. Not not doing it. Mm-mm. Could you just type it to me in the chat and I'll say it? Because, <laughs> you know, I don't have that muscle. Like looking yeah. back at me. 
Oh, it's okay. No, but I mean, I, I mean, I do recognize that as a skill set. I mean, but this isn't really looking back. These are just here's yes. how many, this isn't like, hey, Dan, you know, like what, you know, Google will do that thing. They'll, they'll send you a here's your timeline. You know, or, or a, a memory will come up and it will be, I'm not talking about a Facebook memory, but you'll get like a, on this, like, you know, I did this a couple of weeks ago. I, it was where I was this time two years ago and it was my trip to Italy and it showed all the places I went. I, I sort of get what you're saying, but why looking back at the number of songs or the number one song you played last year? Why is that not living in the moment? I'm, I'm being serious. Because uh, it... I guess because it makes me look back at the year and everything I've done in the past year, and I'm always looking ahead, what's coming up, and uh, trying to not look at... at what, what, are you I, ashamed of your behavior over the past <laughs> year? Uh, you know, maybe. What, what, maybe was, you know, what, things I should have done differently. I know, yeah. but we're just talking about a song. What was your number one song, Jerking Off in a Garbage even, Can? What the fuck was it? Something... <laughs> <laughs> by by the looking, way, have you opened your stand? I just opened Spotify. I'm looking forward to it. Right. I don't know where it is. I mean, how embarrassing. Like, what would, what would be so troubling about knowing what the number one most song, most played song on Dan Duran's oh, playlist? One, just one element of it is not a big deal. It's, it's the... Uh, Mm-hmm. It's looking at the entire list. Mm-hmm. It, oh, okay. Where is where is it on Spotify? I'm, I'm on. The you have to. You have to. Uh, it'll, it starts. I don't know where it is now. Oh, okay. You have to open it and shut it again. Um, but that's fine. Well, maybe mine hasn't been done yet. Oh no, the yours. Are, we we all <laughs> they did them all at the same time. <laughs> Mine's too hard. Yeah, yours is too forlorn. We're all yours is just ran off until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't gotten to the D's. Hey, they haven't gotten to the, the D's. Way, that word you use, forlorn. Yes. That is what, that. You know, there are certain words that sound like they mean. That's that's one of those words, forlorn. I've always thought that. Isn't I don't it, use that word too much, but it really sort of describes the feeling. What sounds like the feeling it's describing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm forlorn. I think our show, we could use that word a lot on this program. Oh, that's not true. You know what? We, 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 we make that joke, but we're really not forlorn very often on this program. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, Dan apparently is forlorn looking back on the, the last year of his life. Uh, but you know what, Dan? That's fine. Because you know what? We do have other stuff to do. I... Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get. Freddie's going away today at some point with Air Canada. He's going to go to Orlando. I'll still be here for another week back in Toronto on the 9th. And then, of course, we got our big Kelsey show we're getting ready for. We got a lot of stuff to look forward to, Dan. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow you can start in on your advent calendar. Is it that time already? Yeah. Where we all pretend Jesus was born on the 25th. Is it really that time? Yeah, Are we still going to go through with that exercise? <laughs> Are we yeah. going to do that again? Oh, Dan, that makes me forlorn for you. <laughs> yeah, it's happening all over again. Well, uh, I just realized memories for me. I got to say, yeah, I see the uh, I mean, but it's more cultural kind of great memories when like, well, when Fred's listening to Jackie Gleason, this time of year for me is like that. I remember, you know, getting mandarin oranges singing in the children's choir at the top of the church with a bag full of nuts and candies. The mm. uh, the manger scene my dad made out of, you know, nothing. Oh, and that is beautiful. Those kind of things. Um, a manger scene about a made-up story. But isn't that yeah. beautiful, Dan? That, uh, no, I, listen, we're all, and- we're all, because <laughs> December is a beautiful month for all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. I did realize that a month has gone, this month of November has gone by, and I forgot that I just passed my one-year no-weed anniversary. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I wanted to bring that up today. That's not a, you know, I'm not, not looking back, Dan, but I just realized that, that a full year and probably, because I, I had that heart issue in Mexico last year around the second week-ish of uh, November, and that was, uh, and I hadn't smoked any weed, obviously, for a couple of weeks before I got here, so o- almost 13 months now, Dan, and you've known me a long time. That's, that's the longest I've gone in my entire life without smoking weed. Is that why that pot shop next to you closed down? <laughs> you mean one of three pot shops next to me? Yeah, they're all gone. They're now. all gone now. They're like, where's Mr. Howard? Where's Howie? <laughs> you fucking imagine. I moved into a neighborhood where I can literally walk out my door. There's like four bars on the next block for me. Great. Don't drink. Uh, there's two weed shops. Don't smoke weed. I mean, there's still a rub and tug, so it's not a complete loss. <laughs> And there's a, your caffeinated adversary. Uh, yeah, same thing. Caffeinated adversary. I mean, I've had the odd coffee, but really not very many. I don't drink coffee anymore. Drink decaffeinated. But anyway, yeah, it's the longest. Deep. Now, you uh, still will smoke a little weed. Because I used to, you were one of my main weed smoking buddies. Do you still smoke weed? Yeah, on occasion I do. What are, how many occasions a week would you do it? A couple times a week. Well, that's more than on occasion. Yeah. That's pretty regular. Is that? You think so? Why are you so embarrassed to be alive? (laughs) Why are you so fucking embarrassed just to be a person? You smoke weed four or five times a week. No, I don't. Not anymore. What do you mean, since I quit? (laughs) Since since I stopped, you smoke... Okay, okay. Since since your buddy Howie doesn't smoke weed, you don't smoke weed anymore. Yeah. A little more so in in uh, in the summertime, you know? Campfires and things. But yeah, anyway. But it's not the you know it's not a major thing in my life. I'm not you know thinking about it much. Just late at night once in a while. Since uh, the cool weather started, I've got into the habit. Every night around four o'clock, I have a can of Guinness. I really enjoy it. The problem with Guinness, it's so smooth. It's gone within. It doesn't take long out of a glass. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You tell me, Howard. You're the guy that's dealt with. Around 4 o'clock, I like to snap a Guinness and pour it into a glass and enjoy it while I'm watching Overdrive. Can I get you guys just to turn your mics up? Because for some reason, I've got you both pinned here. And uh, No, but I'm speaking low now. No, I know, but Dan Duran is still into his... I'll uh, turn me up. I'll turn me up. Right there is fine. As long as you're talking. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't yeah. know. Like, uh, how, I don't know. I'm still getting over the fact that Dan doesn't want to admit he smokes weed every day. Um, I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, have you uh, uh, changed the subject slightly? The uh, I don't want to change the subject. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't right. care. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, we were talking about podcasts and listening to things. Uh, the uh, have you because you like conspiracy theories here and there. Uh, have you listened to the Who Killed JFK? I have yeah, not. I've started. Yes, yes, yes. With I Rob have. Reiner. Yes, Rob Reiner did it. Mm-hmm. I like kind of Rob Reiner. Yes, yeah. it's not yes. funny in any way whatsoever, and it's a. Because you know, it ends up with the guy being killed, it. Dan. Mm. I don't. Get, I don't get why Soledad is on that show. I find that a bit aggravating. Who's Soledad? Soledad? What's her last name? She Soledad. used to be on CNN. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, 
She's yeah, got a big produ- she's got a big production company. I think that's why. And he went to her to get it up and running because he's a film producer, not a podcast producer. I think. That's but I, what- I, I don't, they don't need her. Like it's Rob Reiner. Let him yeah. do the talking. And why are they? And, and no offense to Rob Reiner and the subject, but it's, I mean, at this point, who cares? Really? I mean, aren't there other conspiracy theories we can crack? Well, apparently, according to them, or him is that he's uh, been on this thing for years and years and years well, we, it fascinated him since a, a kid okay. he's been to dallas and well same here like i i just read a book for the second time hoover and the kennedys the whole concept uh, uh fascinates me and as soon as i heard about it i started listening i haven't finished i've listened to the first two but it does become tedious because, you know, you're never, ever, ever going to get a definitive answer. So a lot of it's pie in the sky stuff, and that becomes a, a bit frustrating. But as Rob Reiner explained, I've heard him explain several times why he's doing that. Same thing as a kid. He was 16 when it happened. And it's just always bothered him. Mm-hmm. So obviously, obvious that it was more than one person, obviously. Yeah, and, you know, uh, and, and I've been fascinated yeah. by it, just like you two. Maybe not to the depth. I mean, I've read books about it, and I've you know, seen the uh, Oliver Stone movie. But to me, it's like, we just saw an insurrection three years ago. Why don't we solve that thing first? When, you know, when, there's other conspiracies, but... Oh, hey, so there's, there's rules, right? There there's are rules, then? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yes! Like, so you talk about... There are rules. ...things I say. I know. So you're rules. actually getting annoyed that yes. people are still interested in that i'm completely so in your annoyed. mind there should be a list of <laughs> yes. conspiracies that in, we in hierarchy we still right. haven't solved 9 11 you like the ones no, you like we have others to solve <laughs> yes there's a list of conspiracies there are rules to these things uh listen we got to get started because uh you know this thing and i'm and i still haven't addressed i don't know if you drink a i think if you drink a, a guinness every day at four o'clock that's fine. I think if you start drinking a Guinness every day at four o'clock and just keep drinking it until you pass out in your fucking soup, then uh, no, probably not good. And uh, I would say the over-under on the number of times Dan Duran smokes weed in a week, definitely, I'm going to go three minimum. All right. I'll mm-hmm. start counting. I'll start, I'll start counting. Yeah, no, I know you don't like to keep track of anything because you don't want to look. Dan doesn't want to look back on what happened this week. Well, that's like the Kennedy thing. You'll no. never prove that. You'll say four. He'll say two. You'll say three. He'll say one. You're gonna follow him around all goddamn day to prove it? Yes, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put a Dan Duran. I'm gonna put a Dan Duran weed tracker. All I know is when we've been together three or four nights in a row, we're smoking dope every night, Dandoran. Every Dandoran evening. All right. Dan's coming back with the news and, uh, and of course, more Dandoran wisdom. We're going to get to your emails in a second, but first, Freddie, let's do this. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business uh, destination, chamberplan.ca, wealth of information. It's right there. You can get a free quote today. Find out exactly what it would cost for your small business to be part of the Chambers plan that Howard and I have trumpeted. Yes, trumpeted. 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 The past several years because it's worked for us. I mean, we're we're all in. We got the travel stuff. We got the dental stuff. We got the prescription stuff. And it works for this small company. Yes, it does. That security feels ooh, so good. So, hey, do that for your uh, small business. Affordable, and they do a great job on holding the line on uh, uh, premiums. They, hey, it's there to be seen. They've done a great job, so you know what your costs are going to be year to year. 
the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Uh, let me talk about Kelsey's first, and then we'll talk about the uh, Christmas party. Of course, uh, Thursdays are a big night at Kelsey's. They've been winging it since 1978. Try their legendary half-price wings tonight, sauced and styled. How'd you like them? And wash them down with a $6 Coors. That's right, 6 bucks. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night. Tonight at any Kelsey's, celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. Offer valid with the purchase of a beverage. Must be legal drinking age. Please, 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 please drink responsibly. And you can get uh, your uh, Christmas party if you want, or your holiday party. Sorry. Get your holiday party, book it at Kelsey's and save 10% per guest. If you uh, do it now, it's a good time to do it because it's starting to, well, it's getting busy there. I mean, we've been getting a sense of how busy Kelsey's get at this time of the year because trying to arrange this uh, Christmas party. Visit, Kel- visit Kelsey's.ca for more information. And uh, some information about the uh, program, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. That's how you enter. Subject line, Kelsey's. You don't have to even put a note. Just put Kelsey's. And then uh, at some point, we will respond to everyone with just, you know, you're in or yes or whatever. It's going to be uh, December 20th at 11 o'clock at the uh, Kelsey's uh, in Burlington. I think yesterday I actually gave the address. Well, that would be good. Mm-hmm. But now I don't have it in front of me, so I just won't do it now, if that's okay with everybody. I don't have it in front of me. It doesn't matter. Just know it's in Burlington. Here it yes. is. 4511 4511 Dundas Street. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that right inside the uh, Kelsey's uh, thing. Okay? All right. So it's Dundas, in, uh, Dundas Street in uh, Burlington. And uh, we're looking forward to a bunch of people. We've uh, I've talked about Spencer. Spencer and uh, her girlfriend are going to perform. Uh, Pete and his daughter, Scary Pete and his daughter, to perform. And uh, we're going to uh, have another addition, Freddie. Our friend uh, Ryan McCallum, his sister, who's a uh, an artist mm-hmm. and a uh, very fine performer. She performed on our, our show, I think, during one of the COVID shows. Okay. And uh, so we got. So there's your lineup right there. That's enough. That's enough. Yes, it is. It's going to be a fun time. Okay, so there you go. I just don't have her. You know, again, Ryan sent me a note yesterday, and I don't have his sister's name. But anyway, we're going to have some entertainment. Mostly, it's just going to be us hanging around with our friends. Uh, We're going to be uh, there'll be some food, and at some point, we're going to have to cut it off. But we will uh, have you keep entering for the next week or so, and then we'll let everyone know. Okay. And a neat little feature: uh, Scary Pete will be there. Scary bald headed Pete, Pete Cuno, and he live will sing the Dan Duran theme. Amazing! Won't that be cute? It will be. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be the first time we've done this since before the pandemic. And, you know, I think we'll have a... I think for you and I, it'll be a nice nostalgic feel to it, you know, and a nice uh, get-together with the, uh, the audience. What were you... Did you when, when are you going to tell me what you are going to say when Dan said he didn't want to look back? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not going to put you on the spot. It just made me laugh. <clears throat> oh, that was funny. <laughs> Fucking Dan. 
Oh, he's a pep. He's a pep. Uh, all right. Are you uh, ready? We've got uh, email Thursdays and, of course, brought to you by Palma Pasta. We'll tell you more about Palma Pasta uh, in a second. But first, let's get started. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Beer Okay. Uh, right off the top. Subject. Christmas party. Nancy McLeod Elder. Oh, she's a, you know, she's a NDP, I believe. Uh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. I wrote earlier and requested two tickets uh, so that my husband and I might have the luck of attending your event. Well, my son-in-law is a huge fan, too, and just said he'd really, really like to attend with us. Adam Farms... Yeah, his name is Adam. He farms and listens to you guys all the time while planting and harvesting. Now, that is done for the year, okay? With the harvest completed, soya beans and corn, and the winter wheat planted, he'd have the time to join us should we be, you know, if the three of us can come. Uh, Please, please, please. Uh, She says, cheers, Nancy. No uh, body, uh, you know, descriptions or anything like that. Just cheers, Nancy. And, of course, we are going to... You know, we had said, you know, two at a time. But, of course, we, what are we, we're not. Yeah, what kind of pricks, pricks? would, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, what kind of pricks would we be if we said, nah, sorry, Nancy, farmer, what's his name? Adam. Farmer Adam can't come. I mean, he is trying to feed this country and keep this economy, you know, humming along. But, no. <laughs> and that just shows, you know, again, we're willing to bend. And that's a very nice request, the way it was presented. So, of course, we'll make that accommodation. No, we can't do that for everyone. In order for you to get in, your your son or daughter has to be a farmer. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules. All right. Thank you, Hi Nancy. Guys. Uh, this one also uh, from a uh, Hundy P. Well, she says she's confirming herself as a Hundy P. And, of course, uh, Hi Guys inferred from our friend Jennifer Kelly. Uh, subject, lab, subject line is, Wow. Uh, time well spent. Thanks, guys. I'm confirming myself as a Hundy P. Thanks so much. And what she's referring to is something we were talking about earlier, which is the Spotify, um, whatever they, they think. What's it called? Looking back or wrapped. Yeah, so she's got a, a screen cap she sent us of the Humble and Fred podcast logo. And she listened to 8,528 minutes of, the com- of our show this year. And it says it, it says she's a top 11% fan, hmm. which I mean, that's incredible. First of all, thank you, Jennifer. But I, I, I just wanted to talk about that with you. Like that means like there are somebody who is, if she's 11%, which is pretty high, <laughs> that means there's still some people that have listened to more minutes than even that. Which is mind-boggling. Yes. Tis. Yes. That's uh, devotion. That's what that much is. appreciated. That's a great word, by the way. It is devotion. And, uh, and much appreciated. Jennifer and everyone else that has uh, made us their, you know, podcast of choice. Uh, and, of course, I think Jennifer's also entered to uh, hang out with us at Kelsey's. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, subject matter here, USA president, age at least 35. This is a very interesting email. When I read it, I thought, yes, it has me thinking. It's from Richard Bullis. And he says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. 
He says, just listening and wondering what your thoughts are on the American Constitution and its 35 years old minimum for a president. Why not 30, you know, or younger, etc. Love you guys and Dan too. Rich. Heart rate safely maintained by Ram- Ramapril. Yeah, it's some kind of medication. And, and uh, bowel movement uh, out through the outdoor quite regularly. Out through the outdoor. Quite regularly. I've never I don't heard know. that phrase before. No, I'm neither of I. Um, you know, we talked about ageism, right? And how people are discriminated against mm-hmm. because of their age. And usually when we're talking about that, it's old people. But this is interesting that, yeah, you have to be 35. What do you think of that? Like, I don't think necessarily there should be a minimum. Having said that, you know, what would a 35-year-old be? A millennial? I don't know. I, we, I, I, we, we often talk about yeah. kids nowadays. They, they, didn't, they haven't matured at the rate we have because they've been somewhat bubble-wrapped and coddled, unlike we were or whatever. Would this, would this be a factor or whatever? But, yeah, it, that seems a bit odd to me. You have to be 35. Um, first of all, I don't know what a millennial is. I get them mixed up, Gen Zs and whatever. But, uh, yeah. I don't totally agree. I don't think. Uh, I mean, yes, I do agree with the part about it being ageism in, in another way that we don't often think of. Mm-hmm. I think that it's in there for a couple reasons, um, not the least of which is a 30 year old or a 28 year old or a 32. You know, I mean, at some point. The number is just a number, but it all would all would also depend on the person because there's a lot of kids in their late twenties that are geniuses and would have a, a but but it's experience and I think it's in there so that you need a certain amount of experience being alive before you run the free world. I guess. No, I uh, yes, right, and you know, experience within the Senate or Congress or whatever that may be. Um, but I guess, you know, by 35, you're not horribly jaded. But look at these guys now. I still remember when Bill Clinton's was run. Bill Clinton's <laughs> when Bill Clinton's was running for president. How thinking about how cool that was. And he would have been a guy in his early 40s or somewhere in his 40s. He just seemed younger than any. And again, well, it, again, it was similar to JFK. It was so he was mid forties. Yeah, so outrageous and for Obama. Yeah, well, Obama yeah. was the best, but in terms of that youthful vibe, yes. And so, really, and that's they, what I was they, kind of getting at. What's the difference between thirty five and forty, or thirty three and forty one? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, coming up on Fox, I think next week, if I believe, if not later this week, although it's late in this week, I digress. Um, no, do tell me they've. They've put together a debate between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. Oh, that'll be great. Yes. And I, you got to hand it to this Gavin Newsom guy. I mean, forget his politics. For him to go into the Fox den with Sean Hannity as the moderator and debate Ron DeSantis, that takes huge balls. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm, I so want to see it. 
you know, because they're going to, you know, people pooping on the street in San Francisco and L.A. has tent cities, blah, 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 blah. You know, that they're going to throw that stuff at him. So obviously he's prepared for that. But just his profile, when I see Gavin Newsom, I think, you know, if it's Hollywood and we're going to do a, a movie about a, a, the, a president and he would be cast yeah. in that. <laughs> when I see Gavin, and by the way, yeah. this isn't the first time, Gavin, I, I've been talking yeah. about him. I love the guy. And it's not the first. I brought him up with Lumby and, and Lumby castigated me. He was like, oh, that guy's an idiot. I'm like, well, okay. They're all idiots in some way. But I've Gavin right. Newsom's been on Fox a few times. Gavin Newsom isn't afraid of of defending the record of him as governor of California. And to your point about a Hollywood movie, like Gavin Newsom to me would have been played by a young Michael Douglas. You know what I mean? Like a Yeah. He's yeah. that kind of guy. Yes. Um but you know what? To go into to go into that situation tells me a lot. Oh yeah. Because if I think if you flipped it, you know, is Ron DeSantis going to go on CNN with Anderson Cooper for that type of debate? No, they never Maybe. do. Maybe I don't know, but those guys tend to run quickly. Yeah, they never do. Um, yeah. uh, but that's a very interesting uh, topic, and maybe one we will throw around another time. This Hi one's guys. from uh, Keith Wyland. And uh, subject uh, is just email Thursday. He says, hi, guys, of course. To delve into some serious adult discussion here, what is Fred's favorite Christmas song, says Keith. And when I say favorite, I'm talking a song that is in the same ilk as being worthy of making making it on his Under the Stars playlist. Why would I do that? Pardon me? Why would you put a Christmas song in your Under the Stars? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Anyway, go ahead. Well, there's there's your answer, Keith. Uh, He says, while we're at it, what is Dan and Howard's favorite? And why is Dan's probably a weird, obscure song no one has heard of? Resting heart rate, it's good, but I have palpitations. Bowel movements, daily giant coilers from the Metamucils. (laughs) (laughs) Beauties. So what is yours? Um... Well, I'm, the first one that comes to mind is a CFNY classic, uh, The Pogues. Yeah. Um, it was Christmas Eve, babe, at the drunk house. Uh, my favorite classic Christmas song is Mel Torme's uh, The Christmas Song. Probably. What about you? Uh, I would... Again, mine goes back to CFNY and just the warm feelings I get, and it was sort of unique because it wasn't played by widely. Was um, Christmas rap by the waitresses? Love that song. Um, I do, and that would be my favorite because when I hear it, and again, you don't hear it all the time like the other ones. Like sometimes into December, like okay, I love the Lennon song, I love the yeah, yeah. okay, but enough. But Christmas rap by the waitresses would probably be it. Yeah, for me, not a. I, I know you like that song, and we played it, but this one always puts me in a mind, mm-hmm. not only of good feelings of uh, Kennedy Road, and you know there was some, and the times when we first started. This this is for me. It really puts me in that space, just the way it starts and the. And the weird thing about this song, and I say it every year, is I just really only love the first two minutes of it. I'm not, you know what I mean? When they start, when it gets faster, it's it's like okay, but uh, it's that first part that I really like. Anyway, Keith, great question. We'll ask Dan at some point when we have time. Okay, 
Let me move on to uh, our next uh, contestant, Freddie. Oh, sorry. I went ahead of myself there. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Subject, uh, Michael Smith. This is from Ian's service, who's at our service. Uh... Why wouldn't he put hi? He says, dear my dudes, rather than hi guys. Isn't that something? All right. Well, it's, my dudes. it's inferred. Mm-hmm. It's inferred. Uh, Chef Michael Smith had a fantastic show. Amazing on the podcast. Uh, ordered his book. Here's hoping you can get him as a regular guest. His energy uh, for zero bullshit is infectious. Much love. Ian. Resting heart rate. 50? You're dead, man. Anyway, uh, it's like like clockwork. Broken clock is correct twice daily. That's that's a good one. So yeah, Michael Smith was a great. Guest. Yeah, it was very good. And there's so much to cover with him. You could have him back frequently. It's just could we could we impose on that level? Well, you never know. Um, okay, let's get to this one because it's got a lot to it. It's from uh, John Duggan, and the subject is November bullet points, and there's a lot of them. He says, hi, guys. I'll just pick out a couple of these. Uh, Love the uh, Passion Howard show toward Dan's Re, the Islamophobia segment. We're going to get to more about that. Dan is probably used to dickophobia, where a percentage of folks are conscious of their lack of girth, causing a small uprising. Um... Uh, Joyu, Joyu Noel, as in hearing that Noel Kassler is returning in the new year. He says, Jeff, Michael was a great guest. Maybe we could do all the... <laughs> these are all points that John's uh, making, Fred. He says, maybe we could do all the dick, piss, shit stuff in the first five minutes because I would like to hear the rest of the show with my speaker on and the family would freak out on some of the content. Don't, he, says, he says, don't make me choose between you and them. Finally, I guess it's time to retire the bodily function segment at the end of each me- email. According to John, it was fun for a while, but maybe we could replace it with a quick joke. I frigging love the colorblind joke. Having said that, the heart rate and bowel movements are all over the place, but they have a good beat and you can dance to them. Okay. So there you go. Thanks, John. That was uh, very uh, well done, and we appreciate it. You know, it's kind of nice. Well, not kind of nice. It is nice when somebody's paying that close attention to some of the nonsense that comes flying out of our mouths but uh if yeah. we wanted a consultant john we'd pay for one <laughs> we, we not we would never pay for one again Hi anyways guys. thanks john Hi and uh moving guys. on frederick uh this uh subject jury duty and uh spoiler alert this is from jim Kloss. he says i haven't written since uh I haven't written since asking about your buddy Bill Hertz and his possible relation to Dick Hertz from Beaton. Get it? Dick Hertz. Mm-hmm. That's a joke. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Remember Scruff with his whole bit on Beaton? No, no, meats. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Beaton meets. Yeah. Anyway, he goes on to talk about, uh, we were talking about an episode of Gilligan's Island. He had seen it recently, uh, talked about crane operators. We were talking about them. They said, uh, he says his 18-year-old son is actually getting his certification in college, uh, which was nice. And then they watched Jury Duty, and he goes on to talk about that and some kind of a spoiler alert thing. But he covers... Um, He's commenting on several of the subjects that we have touched on recently. And again, this is a very long email, so I can't read it all. But again, thank you very much, Jim Kloss, for checking in and telling us that your resting heart rate is now back to normal. Okay? Bowel movements, certainly not James Marsden caliber. Have you ever, have you finished jury duty yet? I haven't even started. 
Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, who was watching it then? Uh, somebody on the show was watching it. I thought maybe maybe it was Dan. I doubt it, but I thought you had started it. Or maybe, I don't know, was it Darren? That no, my buddy Doug had started it. Oh, I Doug had started it, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew it was somebody associated with the show. Mm-hmm. But he says they were laughing so hard at this uh, show, choking, cramping, grasping for breath. They had to shut it off for 15 mm-hmm. minutes to gather themselves. A near-death experience. <laughs> Jesus. How's that for a review? No, I know. I read it. And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, and I don't want to, uh, listen, I, far be it for me to rob the joy out of this person, but I watched every episode. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've never watched anything that's made me laugh that hard. Well, I've got to do it. I just, you know, I haven't had the time. No, I'm saying I didn't laugh as hard as him. Okay. I've never had to shut anything off for 15 minutes to gather myself. But I was excited for their their enjoyment. No, I agree. Anyway, uh, this one is from uh, Thomas Leiper. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Thomas. And the subject is a Mexico location. Says, hey, Howard, but he meant hi, guys. Hi, guys. Can you remind me of the location you have been traveling to in Mexico? We've spent uh, four weeks in Malaga, Spain last winter. Work, um, uh, he work, work from Europe deal, but looking for less time zone disruption and warmer weather. Mind sharing the location. You have both given the area great reviews on the show. And I think what Tom was referring to is San Miguel de Allende. Yeah which is where you and I have spent time together. Mm-hmm. Where I'm staying now is uh, between Tulum and Playa del Carmen on the Mayan Riviera, a place called Puerto Aventuras, but uh, the place that Tom's referring to. And we both recommend it. In fact, have we, have we done an episode? I think we've done an episode of oh, yeah. AWE, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at least one. Yeah. But we both enjoyed that area. San Miguel de Allende, it's north of Mexico City. And by the way, speaking of Mexican locations, Tulum is a very highly traveled sort of a hipster spot here in Mexico. You've heard of it. But as of tomorrow, they are opening an airport in Tulum. Wow. Um, not as big as the Cancun airport, but closer to this area. Cancun's about an hour from where we are, and it's probably an hour and a half from Tulum. So the Mexican government is recognizing how big a hotspot Tulum is, but they won't. They, so it's only going to be intercountry until the spring. But at some point, you'll be able to fly directly from Toronto to Tulum. Hmm. Uh, that was in the Mexican news today. But anyways, Tom, hope you uh, that helps. Uh, San Miguel de Allende is the place. And go look at the uh, go listen to an episode of Aging with Energy to uh, find out more. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Yeah, we don't trumpet that show enough because it's amazing. That uh, Aging with Energy show with uh, with Humble and Fred, the travel show for old guys. Yeah. So we don't. Yeah, we should more. We, we, knew, we need to do way more trumpeting. Yes. Get a trumpet sound. Get a trumpet sound. <laughs> I got too many screens open right now. Sorry. You get a, you get <laughs> okay, a fucking trumpet sound. <laughs> sub- subject here. Thanks, Fred. Now I'm hooked. This is from uh, Ian Cass. All right. Uh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. My ears perked up when I heard Fred describe his special concoction made with three parts Renee's chunky blue cheese dressing and one part sriracha sauce. He said, I made some last week. I dip tortilla chips, pita breads, chicken wings, veggies, and pretty much anything else I can find 
in the pantry or fridge. He dips it into this. He said, you're right, Frederick. It's a mighty fine dip, and I can't get enough of it. Mike's up 4% and hang loose. That's what Ian says. Um, I'm always... You know, this uh, Renee's Chunky Blue Cheese, I love it. Sriracha sauce. The other day, toast with uh, tomato, cucumber, thinly sliced cheddar cheese, and then a thick layer of this sriracha blue cheese. I had that for breakfast. Oh, so good. Did you knock it back with a Guinness? (laughs) No. (laughs) It was 9.30 in the morning. No, that's uh, not You know, say, listen, it's Guinness time somewhere, my friend. Yeah. Give that, um, no, I... I, I know why you like that, because it's very good. Very good. Uh, I like blue cheese in general. I, brought, I, I bought mm-hmm. some the other day at a little uh, grocery store here, mm-hmm. and I put it on a baguette, and then I just, uh, like, just, just that, just cheese and the bread was, uh, I don't think enough people appreciate the blue cheese. I really like it. No, they don't. A lot of people are just... Well, they're turned off by it, the, yeah. Oh, they're turned. And, you know, um, Palma Pasta, last time I was there, I got some authentic blue cheese. And uh, his uh, uh, Parmesan, the blocks of Parmesan, oh, yeah. is just so good. What's well, the real that, thing? Yeah, the real blue cheese. Like, here's what I'll do. Like, the hanger steaks I talk about, take a hanger steak off the barbecue and then put some chunks of blue cheese mm. along it and let it melt a bit. Oh, it's so good. Even the chicken breast that I get at Burton's Meats. A little blue cheese crumbled on top of those. Let it melt. Fantastic. Maybe yeah. I'm overdoing the blue cheese. No, no. Listen, fuck, man. If let me let me get on the let me get on the horn after the show and see if we can't get a blue cheese sponsor for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, well, no, we do. We have Palma Pasta. Okay, this is our Hi, last guys. one. Hi guys. And uh, we got to wrap this up. <clears throat> this is from Mark McFadden. Of course, he says, "Hi guys." Hi guys. Uh, we've been saving this. Actually, at, at one point, I had put this in the, the prep for us just to discuss away from emails. Because we don't like to get too heavy. But he says, hi, guys. I was very troubled. And then, in brackets, stunned, actually, to hear you declare that you are Islamophobes. Just as I would if you declared yourself to be homophobes or misogynists. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I know that you hate people who use their interpretation of Scripture as an excuse to hate, and I'm fully with you on that. It's okay to say that you dislike all anti-Semites. That's fair. But not all Muslims are anti-Semites. It's okay to say that you dislike religious zealots who preach hatred and violence, but again, it would be wrong to paint all Muslims with that brush. You guys have a loyal following, he says, and it would be fair to say that you are influential. Well, I'm... Maybe I would hate to think that a bunch of people now feel emboldened to declare themselves Islamophobic because you did so. Love and understanding must prevail over hatred and intolerance. I agree. Please stay on the right side of the fight. Uh, Mark McFadden, P.S. I'm agnostic for context, no bowel movements and no heart rate. Um, well, if I may respond to begin with, because it was it was sort of my rant when I decided that, you know, I was. Mm-hmm. being a bit dramatic at the time and uh, understandably pissed off at the images of hundreds of thousands of millions of Muslims around the world calling for the death of all Jews. So yes, if I were triggered, Mark, and uh, others, you can understand why. Because, I mean, if that is, that's what that word, you know, 
when people talk about being triggered, yes, it triggers Jews when we see millions of Muslims around the world in 50 plus countries who really are um, dedicated to the end of Jewish people. So that's a bit triggering. And yes, saying I was a Islamophobe, um, you know, might be a bit much. But I think there's an argument to be made that why is it okay for all these people to say they want, they, they don't, they're not talking about the end of Israel. They're just talking about cleansing Jews from the planet. So yes, in response, that, that, that's the Islam that I'm phobic about. Yes. And again, I, I read this email. I think we said several times during that segment that, of course, not all Muslims are the same, but there's just, you know, a facet, a tentacle that is very disturbing. And um, I think I made the point that, you know, the whole treatment of women. Listen, there are, I, I've said it. Many there's there's temples here in Brampton that have women's entrances. Women only can walk. That, I find that abhorrent. So does that make me Islamophobic? I don't know. Is that the term? But listen, I'm certainly not impressed. It's not a place I want to go. Thank you. If women have to go in a separate door, I mean, right at that basis, that's what bothers me. And then go from there. Of course, they're not all the same. We know that it goes without saying. But at the same time. You know, when things, when there's injustices within a group, sometimes they got to be called out. You can't pretend that everything's fuzzy and nice, because it ain't. And we've called out the Catholics with the, you know, the priest thing and on and on and on and on. You've made, you've taken shots at your faith. So, of course, not everyone. Well, he says not all Muslims are anti-Semites, but... You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's certainly... You know, listen, the, since October 7th, a lot of, you know, stuff has come out that I've been talking about on this show about the, the amount of anti-Semitism mm-hmm. that is, uh, you know, rampant in the world. Well, you know, here's it. And we've all seen it. So, again, if some Jews get triggered by some of the images that we're seeing and, and all of it, we've talked so much about it that it's... Uh, you know, it's tiring, actually, is what it is. And, and as one of my kids says, it's disorienting. Because, yes, there's an argument to be made that the Israeli government is a right-wing, you know, autocratic kind of whatever. But it, there's, but that's not Jewish people all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of Muslims that are calling for the end of Jewish people mm-hmm. as, a, as a human. As, they just want them wiped out. Mm-hmm. So if that makes me Islamophobic... I, I'm, I'm somewhat, I don't even know what that word really means. That, yes, I'm, 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 it makes me nervous about Islam, who wants to end the, you know, the general, who would like nothing more than to wipe us off the planet. So, yeah, right. it's and a that, bit it's a that bit was time. your point. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I can't begin to imagine what it's like. You're Jewish in what you just described about, you know, what Muslims, some want to do to Jews. I can't relate to that. I mean, on your level because you're one of them i mean that's again what's that feel like it's weird is what it is Uh, yeah yeah it's weird you know do you remember again bringing back mojo remember we did mojo talk radio for men 
and how often we were called out. Why is it a radio station just for men? What about women? Remember, remember mm-hmm. hearing oh, yeah. that all the time. All the time. And, I, I, and again, I'm hung up on this, and it may not be a big deal to others, but it really bothers me. I, I drive by the symbol that says women's entrance or men's entrance, and it really bothers me. You never hear that called out. In our society here, how do we have institutions or buildings where you have a separate ent- entrance for m- men and women? It's never called out. It's never questioned. Well, because if you did... But there, there you, are so many other things that are. Yeah, well, if you, did, that? if you did call it out, like you're saying it now, you sound, then people would say, well, you're just Islamophobic. Well, no, it's... <laughs> it, but, right. but, but I'll tell you why. Because there's other religions, yeah. Hebrews included, very, very um, uh, devout Jews. Uh, not to, That's not the word I'm looking for. Very conservative, you know, hyper-religious Jews also have uh, divided synagogues where women sit on one side and men sit on the other. It's all ludicrous. It's all just mm-hmm. nutty to me. But if you bring it up, as you say, or call it out. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's uh, Mark McFadden's email. And uh, thanks to everyone that wrote. And uh, that's all we have time for because we do have other stuff going on. Uh, Frederick, I uh, picked this out for you because you had mentioned it. This yes. is uh, your favorite Christmas song. And uh, while we're listening to Christmas wrapping by the waitresses, let's listen to Fred talk about this. Well, your Thursday night football game, it's uh, it's Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks at the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Not bad, although the Cowboys favored by eight and a half points. Uh, but it has the potential to be somewhat of a game, I would say. Uh, the over-under on that game is uh, 47.5. Now, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing uh, Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since way back in 1994. That's Bodog. I'll tell you what else, my friend. Email Thursday brought to you by our dear friends at Palma Pasta. What a great group they have there. Anthony and Carmela and the kids and the entire Palma group. What a, they, you know, the people, you, here's how you can tell it's a great company. And I bet you back me up on this. When you visit Palma's Kitchen or any Palma Pasta, the, the vibe you get from the employees tells you everything you know, you need to know about working for Anthony. People there just enjoy their jobs. They enjoy serving the public. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Just heat and eat. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. Their signature store, we talk about it all the time. We just talk to you. You go get some blue cheese there and some other amazing Italian foods prepared and to take away. Palmapasta.com. If you can't make it there, order online. And catering services available for your home or corporate events anywhere in the GTA. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. You know, I don't, um, excuse me, I don't dislike this song, but I think this song predates me and you. I think this is actually before 1989, and we would have played this on our show, but... I think so, yes. As I said, you know, sometimes, you know, 
favorites. You know, it's far below the surface of why they're favorites, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, for sure, dude. Um, like, I don't know how much more... Like, when we get back, you're going away to... Uh, or you're hopefully going away today. <clears throat> and you're back uh, what day? Uh, December 11th. Oh, that's right. So we'll, we'll, we're going to do that show. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a show while you're still on the road, which will be... Uh, Mm-hmm. It'll be good. Um, sure. I'm just going to say, I don't know how much more I can keep making the same point over and over again about, you know, being a bit triggered by images I see. And, you know, I'm trying to cut back, to be honest with you, with uh, social media. I, I could look at stuff every day that would get me... Uh, you know, nervous, scared, pissed off, outraged. But I try not to because it's like I don't want to exist that way either, you know. But uh, as you said at the end uh, there, it is a bit, it's a bit weird. You know, I've been Jewish my whole life and never really, you know, I've been all, obviously I've been atheist and not religious, but fascinated by religion. In fact, it's interesting to me. Hang on. I have found it interesting. The people like Bill Maher and other people that I follow online that are atheists, tend to be the people that know the most about religion. And I mean mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. the people that have actually, in, in fact, one of the guys I follow on Twitter had said something the other day, is so true. He said, I've read the Bible, which is why I'm an atheist. You should too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it's true. Because yeah. the people that follow the Bible, they, they, they just, they don't know shit about it. They just pick and choose the Jesus parts that make mm-hmm. them feel good about being shitty people. I know that's a mm-hmm. generalization, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I know. Because if you read it, you'd be like, no. And I mean the Torah, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Quran. Read it. All of them. All of it. All of them. All of it. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. The root of all evil. Those books. You know, Islam is 800 years younger than Christianity and way younger than Judaism. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to get into the arguments about Israel's right to exist and all that stuff. Because I was, what I, anyway, my point about when you come back, like, I don't know how much more we can talk about it. And I don't, I don't mean that, like, oh, we're getting, you know, is the audience burning on it? But I mean, what else is there to say? Well, yeah. And, you know, how things come and go. There might be a new flavor of the month by then. Yeah. Because we've made the point, you know. The main focus was Ukraine. Now you hardly hear about it. There was a big bombing yesterday, a civilian area of uh, Ukraine. Tons, women, children, dead. But we hardly hear about it now because we have a new subject. Maybe by the time we get back, there will be a newer subject and we'll move on. You know, and as far as dialogue, you know, there, maybe there was a day where you could sit and have a conversation with somebody and actually win them over or get them to see the light a bit. But that's another negative to me with social media, because you're totally reinforced. Your, your argument, your original argument is totally reinforced daily on social media. Mm-hmm. So the chances of you being convinced or talked into or, you know, open your eyes to the other side are less and less because you just everybody just digs in now because they're constantly getting their side 
it, it's, it, getting back to what you just said now, detaching yourself from it. Yeah, I have social media long ago, but I'm, you know, the the American cable news networks, I've really backed off them, too, because it gets packed out. There's nothing I can do about any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. why get why get all wound up about it? It's awful. You know, I'm glad it's not Canada. I don't have any Ukrainian or Jewish or Palestinian relatives who are part of it. So I, I'm sorry. I just sort of I got to give I got to get away from it because there's nothing I can do about it. It makes me feel bad. I can't remember if I said this on the show or just to you and Dan on when we're just talking off here about how, you know, I went eight days or maybe I said this on Monday. I went eight days having both of my kids here who aren't on my side of the uh, equation, by the way when it comes to this issue and I just made a conscious effort and I think they did too because it never came up you imagine eight days go by and not one discussion not one mention of it because mm-hmm. you know to damn the point about living in the moment like the moment that I was what a what a gift I'm 64 years old in a month and to spend eight days with your two adult children why would I want any part of that any part of that to be anything but sweet and and pleasant and just a great time that it was you know what i mean yes howard and i think i mentioned it some time ago it's just recent readings and talks that i've had the whole concept of knowing your audience and i say that from from that standpoint yeah before you start opening your mouth and blabbering about, you know, be it Trump or politics or, you know, whatever the issue. Know your audience. Do these people that I'm sitting with really want to hear this right now? It's oh, yeah. important to me, but I know it's not to them. So why sour the moment talking about something that's way more important to me than them? And that takes some work. Well, it and, takes it, some work. It, and, and it takes a little bit of maturity. And I think I say, yes. I say this for both of us, you and yes. I included, because it used to be more important for me yeah. to make my point to people to, a, to my own detriment. I've been around yes. Americans for the last five weeks, and I mm. have zero interest in bringing up anything about their politics. Why would I? It's a pretty pleasant way to spend your days here. And uh, why do I want to have any kind of weird feelings with people? Um, but, Freddie, um, it's mm-hmm. time now. I think I mentioned this a couple days ago, and I'm sure you've forgotten. I was hoping you had. Uh, because um, I said that we had a, uh, a mystery oh. guest oh, for today. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. And, and this, you know, again, uh, taking a little bit of the a page from Smartless, uh, which is a show we both love. And um, let me see if I play a little music that will. Uh, here we go. Fred, our guest today is as talented as she is kind. She's a second city trained, but makes her living on screens, both small and large. She's been in everything you've seen, from commercials to TV shows to movies in both Canada and the U.S. And most recently, she had a big role and a grisly death in a major motion horror picture called Thanksgiving. Any clue yet? 
Oh, I know who this is. But this Massachusetts... And I'm so glad she's here. (laughs) Wait. This Massachusetts East Coast transplant still considers her time producing Canada's most uploaded podcast. I'm just throwing this in. As her Mm -hmm. crowning achievement, Hundy Peas, welcome back, movie star Amanda Barker, everybody. There she is. How'd you like... Hi, baby face. How'd you like that? What? I'm curious, Fred, when did, when did you start to get who it was? Well, I saw the email the other day about uh, tipping us off to what Amanda had um, yeah. been recently part of. And then as soon as you started with the description, I knew it had to be her. And I'm, and I'm thrilled. How are you, darling? I miss you so much. Hi. Is my sound okay? I didn't use a mic. No, no, it's fine. Student. It's fine. And and like Dan Duran, it'll drive him crazy. Oh, yeah. But we can hear I, you and it's fine. Well, no, the, the thing, I was going to say, the thing that'll drive Dan crazy is he's like, how come I didn't get to audition for Amanda's role? That's his. <laughs> that's going yeah. to be like, wait a second, how'd you get that part? But let's get right to it because Rich, uh, Rich, our buddy Rich, uh, I'm Rich Elwood. Rich um, Murray? Mitch Murray from uh, Rich Tunes. Rich Tunes. I, yeah. I knew I knew you were in this movie, but he sent us a couple of emails, including the director talking about you. But tell everyone what the movie is, because this is a big film. Mm-hmm. It is a big film. It was the number two grossing film uh, last weekend or the weekend before. It's still going strong. It's broke box office records for horror movies. Um, It's certainly the biggest grossing horror movie that has come out this year. Wow. Um, So, yeah, it's it's doing really well. So, again, the movie's called Thanksgiving. And uh, for those who don't know, it was originally based on a trailer that was done um, for the Grindhouse movies for Tarantino. So when Tarantino 15 years ago did Death Proof and Rodriguez did Planet of the Apes, anyone who who went out and saw those, there were fake trailers uh, that he got different directors to make between the two movies. So it had that sort of 19, early 70s kind of film experience. And so one of them was Eli Roth, who was also an actor in Death Proof, at the time, and I went on to be the the Bear Jew in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Most people remember that, but he's also a director, and probably more so a director. He considers himself more of a director than an actor, and he uh, made one of these trailers, and it was a horror movie from for Thanksgiving because he said as a kid he always wished there was one. Um, so he, it took fifteen years to make because there was a huge fan base behind it. Finally, it got made, and last January, I get this audition, same as any audition, um, just some some lines, and I look, and the the um, the rival town in the lines, or as we call them, sides, uh, is Hanover, and that is the town I grew up in. It's a, mm-hmm. a town of fifteen thousand people. It's a very small hmm. town. So I kind of freaked out and went, holy cow, Hanover, did a little bit more digging and realized what the project was that I was auditioning for and I booked it. Yeah. And and I have a couple quick questions and then uh, let Fred, but there's, it, part of it is it turns out you're an Eli Roth and one of the things that Ritz sent us is talking about you in the movie as a descendant of one of the yeah. original governors of Massachusetts. So yeah. that's kind of odd. I don't, and, and the second thing was, is this the biggest movie you've been you've and i don't know how to put this the biggest role in the biggest movie that you've been in or not 
Yeah, probably. I think so. I mean, you know how it is when you're an actor, you do a bunch of things and you don't know what's going to you think you do a series and you think it's going to be huge and no one it never even sees the light of day. So you mm-hmm. don't ever know what's going to hit. But I knew the fan as a fan of uh, both Eli Roth and Tarantino's, I knew the fan uh, machine behind this movie. So for that reason, I knew that it would probably be big. And yeah, I think it, I mean, it feels like the biggest, so probably, um, I, I'm going to go with yes. Okay. But uh, is it, is it yeah. one of those, is it one of those things where when you audition, you thought, Oh, I want this so bad. I want this so bad because this, um, when I auditioned, I thought there's nobody else, certainly in Toronto that can bring what I can bring because, when you grow up in a place, and you both know this, when you grow up in a place, you know the place, you get the place, yeah. it's your bones, mm-hmm. you know, it's in your DNA. So I had that going for me. The, to be honest, the thing I was most worried about was Canadian casting, hearing my Massachusetts accent and going, oh, that's too big, that's too much. Because I know how my parents sound. You've heard, you've talked to my mm-hmm. parents. I know how my cousins and my aunt sounds. Like, that's how they sound. So what is the but- accent? <laughs> Show, do a little bit of the accent for us. Uh, I don't give me something to say. <laughs> I need some coffee. I'll uh, just say, uh, the, you know, that this is say this was the biggest thrill. Uh, the call I got was the biggest thrill uh, since the day you called and said, would you produce our show? <laughs> All right. Howard, um, Fred, you know, the, the day I got the call was like the biggest thrill. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like the biggest thrill since like probably since I was producing for both of you. That's great. <laughs> um, and how many? Uh, yeah, very well done. Uh, is, is it a? I don't know. Is is it a lucrative thing to be in a big movie like this, or is this a regular? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I you, know. you knew that, right? That's just because I was going to say, did you get a piece? Did you get a piece? Are there back end points for the Barker? <laughs> I mean, listen, they shot it in Canada for a reason. Nah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave it at that. But yeah, no, you know, it's you get your day rate, and then you. How many days was it on? The, I'm not getting a big cut. No, of, no. Uh, there's no back end for Barker. But uh, how many days did you get on it? Oh, um, I'll be honest, all in quite a few because the first thing that happened two days after I booked it, I got a call from LA saying you need to be in LA tomorrow. So that was the first paycheck because they had to do prosthetics on me in LA. And the guy that did all the prosthetics, uh, him and his wife are an incredible team and they won the Oscar uh, after I went, uh, they were nominated for the Oscar while I was down there. So his cell phone was ringing off the hook to do panels and things like that. His name is Adrian Moreau and his incredible wife, Kathy, uh, have a, an amazing studio down there. They they did the prosthetics for Megan, the horror movie Megan. Um, and the one that they won the Oscar for was uh, The Whale. Wow. They had done all the prosthetics for, for Brendan wow. Fraser and The Whale. Wow, so, that's something. Yeah. So I'm down there and their phones ring off the hook. Nicest to the nicest people, both Canadians uh, and just super nice people. I could have spent weeks with them because you're just surrounded by prosthetic bodies and mm. gashing heads and things. So I had to do all of that work first. And then and that's how I found out how I die in the movie, which I was so excited. I didn't know I died in the movie. I didn't know anything. I just thought I was a diner waitress that screams at some point. So. Um, so that was exciting. And then, uh, probably in terms of sh- actual shooting days, two and a half weeks, three weeks, something wow. like that. Wow. That's pretty good. Which That's a lot. more than your yeah. average. <laughs> Way you more know. than your average. It's funny how quickly we got to the, or you got to the money. Yeah, but you were going to get there too. <laughs> oh, I know. And 
Ed Patrick Dempsey in this movie? Yes. People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. You had a scene with him. Is he sexy? He's very slight. Yeah, he's lovely. He's a good improviser, and we had a lot of fun improvising on set. Um, he, he That was my first day of, of shooting. Um, he's a very slight man, um, and uh, he's into racing cars, and uh, yeah. Excuse my arguments. Yes, he has lovely eyes, um, you know. Um, yeah, but is it is it intimidating? Not that you are. You've been a, a, a working actress now for most of uh, the last twenty five years. Is it intimidating though, or are you still? Maybe that's not the right word. Mm. Is it a bit of nervousness when you're like, "Oh shit, my first days with Pat- Patrick Dempsey"? Isn't that no? You know it- what? For me, uh, working with other actors, we're all actors, and that's just how I see it. Some people got more play than others, but. I always see it as we're all in the same thing and it just, my brain doesn't go there, but I realized it does go there for a director because I'm such a fan of Eli Roth. Mm-hmm. He's the coolest, most down to earth guy. And he comes on, say, he's like, Amanda Baca, I'm so excited to meet you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're immediately uh, being very Bostonian. And, um, I, I just wanted to talk to him about his films, his, his, he has such a body of work. So I just wanted to talk to him about the work he's made more so than, you know, what was it like being the bear Jew or whatever? Mm. Um, so that took me aback cause I'm not used to being starstruck with people, but I'll tell you what is, what is a mind, what plays with your mind is when you, um, you know, all these kids. Cause so I do my scene with Patrick and, you know, we're all grown ups, And then all these kids come on to set, the energy changes. They're TikToking. They're, Instagramming, they're doing all the things that you know people who are twenty one do, uh, and 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 they're so lovely and they're having a great time. But it's like a lot of energy. And the hair and makeup person, uh, I said, "Wow, the energy in here just changed." And he's like, "Yes, two billion followers." And I was like, "What?" And I look up one of them, and here I am thinking, "Oh, it's so cute. They're doing little TikToks. I guess that's what kids do." And then I look her up, and. Uh, she donated a million last year for some charity. Like, wow. they're these kids. That industry, we, we, you know, people our age, we just, we have no idea. No, exactly. You do more than I do, but it's something else, man. It's, it's, it'll play with your mind because you think, oh, here's this 21-year-old who's just having a good time and it's one of yeah. their first films. And, and they're the loveliest kids and then you realize the machine behind them. Well, yeah. I said to Fred, they figured that out. I said to wow. Fred, and we had our uh, guest yesterday, uh, Stuart Reynolds, Brittle Star, who's a big Canadian you know, influencer. And I said, in my daughter's dog, I know what mm. my daughter's dog is making on fucking Instagram and it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and, so, and, and by the way, anytime I say, Hey, would you maybe give a shout out for humble and Fred? I get this in response, not on brand. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. That's fine. Okay, right? Thank you. And, but she's dead. <laughs> um, so filmed in Hamilton, a guy like Patrick Dempsey, would he stay in Hamilton or would they shuttle him back and forth to Toronto? They were Stupid all in question, Toronto. But I just can't imagine. Yeah, they, they were all in Toronto. In Hamilton. Some of it was filmed in, honestly, about half of it was in Hamilton. Oh. The other half of it was um, sort of Port Perry kind of oh, yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge, so the show Reacher, do you know the Jack Reacher series? Vaguely, I've heard, heard of it. it yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more on brand for you. I don't know. It's like a guy doing stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's it's in its third season, but in its first season, I guess each season, anyone who follows that show, I do not, um, they have different sets. So the first season they came to, you know, um, sort of north of 
like Scugog, Port Perry, and they built in the middle of a field this massive town, this ghost town for their set police station, restaurant, all these things. And it just sat empty during COVID because that was the year before COVID. And then they went on and did other things. So um, it just sits there. That's what we used for Plymouth, for the parade, for the restaurant where I work, all that stuff. Um, so the the crowd scenes, those who have seen the movie, the, the big scene off the top, that is Hamilton. And then the towny stuff is, uh, most of it is in that, that abandoned ghost town out in a field. That's very cool, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and just before we have to let you go, because we uh, we have the, the the rest of the program to finish, Dan's news is coming up. We're going to visit with Mike. Uh, and since that has obviously this, it came out for Thanksgiving. And in this, has this been a good year for you? I haven't really talked to you in a while. Are, are things? I know I miss you guys so much. I know it's too are, frustrating. It's so funny because Amanda and I, I went back and forth, Fred, setting this up with Amanda, and I'd forgotten that you see me on Duolingo. And uh, I said something about, you know, Fred's, we've been doing the show remotely. I said that I've been living in Mexico. And, uh, and, and Amanda said something like, well, I knew something was up because you've been doing, you know, so many days in a row on Duolingo. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw Howard, I'm like, Howard's really motivated by language. That's <laughs> right. interesting. I look and it's like, Howard's completed 50 lessons in two days. Give him a high five. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, he's dating a Spanish chick for sure. Yes, he is. That's what's yes. happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, last, I, I want to say it was like last spring or something. Yes, last, last spring. I met her, I met her yeah. here last spring and I got very motivated to start speaking Spanish. Uh, yes, Senora was over last night for uh, for dinner, and it's still she only she speaks decent English. Actually, her first her first language is Spanish. Her second language is Italian. Oh wow! Yeah, she well, lived she, she lived in Italy for uh, a decade and a bit. So yeah, it's it's very. I finally interesting. got my citizenship. It took eight years. I got my Italian citizenship. Aww. And speaking of Italians, how's wow. Marco? How's your husband, Marco? Everybody good? So good. He's he's. Uh, just getting ready for the day upstairs. He's great. He he came to LA with me and he got to do the premiere with me and hang out with all the with with uh, Rick Hoffman and Eli and all those really fun people that are part of the movie and we had a great time and then we just went to Massachusetts to watch the movie on Thanksgiving there. Wow. Uh, and uh, hang out with all my cousins. So it, yeah, you know he's doing really. He's in a. I'll, I'll plug it. He's in a show called The Potluck Ladies, which is coming on Yes TV. That's for those who have cable. That's the channel that has Jeopardy, and uh, <laughs> that's coming out in a few weeks. And he's he's like the the funny white dude in that. So that's coming out soon. <laughs> well, listen, man, give him our well, best. Great to see you. Yeah, great seeing you. And uh, thanks for doing this today, Barksy. And we'll uh, catch up soon. Okay. Uh, I sent you both a massive hug. I miss you guys so much. All right, man. Hey, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda um, Barker. Maybe Sweet. we should lunch one day or something. Oh, let's do some lunch. Let's do it out. Let's get let's get together. We'll go to the junction. We'll do some lunch. Anytime, you two. Thanks, I love Barky. you both. All right, man. Take care. Give our best to Marco. There you go. I I I wasn't sure how to write the intro to see if I could. Like how long I could string you along, but I'd forgotten you'd probably seen the uh, email from Rich as well. Well, I did see it from Rich, and I was going to say to you, we should get Amanda on to talk about this, and then like many things slipped to my mind, and here we are today—a pleasant surprise. But I knew pretty much off the mark who it was. Did you when I said to you earlier in the week that we were going to have a special guest? I don't think you knew then. No, 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 no. No, I wanted a little bit of a surprise for you. And yeah. I and I uh, listen, I I, I don't know why we didn't think of it, but I want to thank Rich for putting it in our minds because I'm like, what a no-brainer. She's in this huge movie. 
Of course we should have her on the show. Um, do you have anything uh, else you'd like to uh, share with the audience, Fred? Uh, yes. Uh, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. We've had a fun time over the past couple of weeks talking about uh, the top 20 mistakes investors make. Uh, yesterday, I think we went from 15, 14, 13, 12, 11 to 11, 15 to 11. And uh, very enlightening. And uh, when we're back from our break, we'll be doing the top 10 uh, of the 20 mistakes investors make. Uh, Tim Niblett. Uh, you can contact him at retirementsherpa.ca. Uh, uh, also, speaking of Tim's, we spoke to uh, Tim Daniels, living in Florence, Italy. We have quite a, a crew. We got Niblet in Florida. You're, I'm in Mexico. You're going to be in the Dominican. He's in uh, Italy. That's the way the world works, my friend. Talking about boron. And I mentioned that uh, the number of items in your home, right? Look around your house right now. It's crazy. It's in heat resistant cookware. Crystal glass, dishwater, dishwasher detergent. Boron is also found in soap, shampoos, creams, lotions, makeup, shaving cream, lens solution, hair products, and more. But what we really want you to do is find out what's going on at boron1.com. What is Boron One all about? You can find out at that website. As we mentioned, they support us. We're supporting them. And really, we make no claims about investments you should or shouldn't make. But we are just telling their story. And their story is a fascinating one, Fred. Many, many, many junior mining companies, thousands of them try. Very few ever get to the point that Boron One is where they're at now. And now is a good time to at least find out what their story is. BoronOne.com. And uh, Dan Duran is coming up. Uh, there he is. There's our Daniel. There's old forlorn Dan Duran. <laughs> it's a pretty nice scene in your background there. It looks like a postcard of, uh, yeah. of winter in Canada. It is very wintry here. There's lots of old houses in Stratford, and they've mm-hmm. uh, they've decorated some of those houses up to look just like postcards with the shiny things, you know, glitter on them and stuff. Yeah. Have you been out doing snow angels, Dan? Yours would be unique, I imagine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that big, you know, the wings and that big thing. That's right. Below. What the hell what, is what, that? Yeah, I'd be like, that's what is that snow angel standing on a tripod for crying out loud? <laughs> I did look up compensation for flight delays for Fred, because I know. Of course. I'm changing the subject. I realize that. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, that, uh, so you, you're being delayed so far two and a half hours, is that correct? Yes. yes. As of this rise yeah. of this moment, yes. Is there a so, lunch in it? Here's how it goes. If you, it's a large airline, I guess it's Air Canada, so it is. Uh, you get $400 if the passenger arrives arrives three or more hours late but less than six hours so oh. from the schedule arrival it's not the departure it's the arrival that's is it really part here yeah that's and interesting. Uh, so it has to be three or four hours but it also has to be uh that it's the airline's fault so <laughs> if the disruption is yeah. is uh within their control and not related to safety then you get it but if it's uh, well this is related to safety. Their fault. um is there anything there says freddie's like can someone just buy me a tim's at the airport please <laughs> i was supposed to get there at four i'll be getting there at seven that's three hours um between three hours and six hours yeah right but again but they said there was they had to switch planes so is that their that's safety man. 
that's safety. So I, not the well, no, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not it. It could be there that you know it's uh, the plane. A plane got you know lost somewhere in the system, and that's their fault. Dan, do you want to hear if something the, weird? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? Uh, you know, four and a buck. I might go after it. Yeah, go on. Uh, listen, if you, you've, listen, Fred. You've got all day. You can just get on it, Dan. I, I th- ask I th- for the form, but before you get on the plane, get a form. That's eight hundred. <clears throat> you, you and uh, you and Dollar going right. So, I saw this story, Dan, and I thought of you. I don't know why, because you know you're lefty, communist, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Dan the commie. That's what that's I'm right. called. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Virgin Atlantic successfully completed the first transatlantic flight using 100% sustainable jet fuel. The uh, Boeing 787 flew from London to New York on a special blend of fats and sugars. (laughs) Just sounds fucking funny to me. For both the biofuel... This is a landmark, uh, a landmark, it says, for both the biofuel uh, and aviation industries. Um... And then there was another story related to planes from yesterday. There's been two big animal escapes. A Belgium-bound cargo jet returned to New York after an agitated horse (laughs) slipped. It stole mid-flight. This is in the cargo area. They don't put horses in the main cabin anymore. And uh, was romping around the cargo bay. And I guess the pilots felt something like... I don't know if they knew right away that or maybe they must have cameras down there. They could see this fucking horse running around the cargo bay. Jesus. Um, a bear escaped on a flight from Dubai to Baghdad. I guess same thing. It's like fucking it's like the pilots are up there and they're at 35,000 feet. And one guy says, do you feel that? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they turn on the cargo camera and the fucking bears romping around being all berry and shit. <laughs> Yeah, that'd wow. be an emergency landing right there. Oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> better land somewhere they know what to do with bears. Well, that's a great point. Yeah, we're gonna, we're Dubai gonna... is not one of your bear central places. I mean, there's not. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it was probably there for an exhibit or something. Because people don't <laughs> normally see bears. Dan, that's a very good point. Like the horse, even the horse thing, they got to land someplace where somebody can deal with the horse romping around in the cargo area. An agitated horse is not a not a thing you, you know just anybody can deal with sure but i would tell you what i i think i could deal with it i would volunteer to deal with the agitated horse because all you do is open the door and let him start you know hopping around the runway the bear on the other hand <laughs> so you take the horse not the bear but now to conflate these two stories if it was on that other flight when the bear came out you could give it some of the fuel the fats and sugars and say here mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what fats are you talking about? I, Dan would like that fuel if the fat was, you know, melting down fat people and using them as fuel, right, Dan? <laughs> That's right. That's funny. Huh? Dan, Dan, so, yes. Dan would yeah. be right into that. That's There's the, a good use for fat. That's people. the biofuel. That's right, Dan. <laughs> you could take it into your fat people um, cauldron. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, if, if, and, and for, for people that are coming to our Christmas party at Kelsey's, you know, don't be intimidated by Dan's hatred of you. <laughs> right. Listen, we all could use a, you know, we'd all lose a few pounds. Uh, all right, Dan, I know we're running late because of the Amanda Barker thing. 
Uh, so why don't, yep. we, why don't we get right to, uh, we got to get right to this. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from A picture postcard location In Stradivarius, Ontario Here's movie anchorman And TV and television series reporter Daniel J. Gebert Duran the first. All right. So growing up, I loved watching Hogan's Heroes when I came home from school. One of the cast members was Richard Dawson, who played conman Corporal Newkirk. Uh, and that's where he got famous. And then he went on to Family Feud. And Kissing All the Women made him famous on that thing. And Kissing All the Women started a medical concern. And according to a new book, Outrageous, A History of Showbiz and uh, Culture Wars, producers started a herpes test. Both male and female (laughs) contestants underwent some sort of mouth test with a magnifying glass from medical staff to make sure that they didn't have herpes so that when Richard kissed anybody he kissed, he wouldn't, you know, transmit the, uh, the herpes virus to other contestants or himself. Think about that oh. for a second. If you've ever seen clips of that show, yeah, creepy. like that was the thing. Whatever years those that show was on, that was a thing that that host that was his bit that he kissed people, women, people on the mouth. Yeah, like this part of your face, Dan, the mouth part. Mm-hmm. Well, since COVID, I mean, our social norms have changed, and just you know, men, women norms. The, the, kissing used. To, I remember you know kissing a lot of friends when you see them. But mm-hmm. now it was sort of like it's more the hug, and then the even the hug is is uh, not. A, do you do the hug now? But I think about know. this, Dan. You've been in show business a long time. Think about day one if you're hosting a game show. I've hosted a game show. Think about day one of shooting it now, and you and, and one of the contestants came out and you kissed her on the mouth. They would shut down production. Yeah, but Richard Dawson Richard, was allowed to do that for yeah. years. He did that show. Wow. Howard, I mean, the situation here in Canada was even more severe. Fergie Oliver was just like mom when yeah. he used to kiss the children. And that became a huge, weird thing. But I think even before COVID, kissing on the lips on television like that was taboo. Oh, it disappeared, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But in person with friends and stuff, that... that used to be a thing and now i don't think it is well the european thing like um i I see people yeah on the cheeks like people here i see it all the time with uh the spanish people mexican people when they greet one another they do one cheek they don't do the italian both cheeks but there's or the french both cheeks but they still do that when you meet like when you know yeah and we do it like I, i see doll i give her a kiss on the cheek i don't like go in for a mouth kiss you know no, oh, I'd hit you. Uh. <laughs> Would you? One of your funny little arms is going to start. I can imagine. I just imagine you and me in your living room there, that little area. You're just like a beat. What'd you just do? 
beating on me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Freddie? I'll fucking hit you. Because you're all pumped up from the Bob Callahan Senior Center workout. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Fuck. You know, it's weird to me that I can remember that, but I can't remember fucking how to add fractions. I can remember the name of your senior center. Anyway, uh, Dan, great reporting, and we want to thank uh, Keith Weiland for bringing that story to our attention. And uh, thanks to everyone that contributed to this program. There he is, our producer. Was there a tinge of jealousy when Toronto Mike heard that Amanda Barker was back on the show? I don't know. Who? <laughs> Everyone's so sensitive nowadays. We don't know. You young, you millennials, you Gen Zs, or whatever you are. God, no. Barker's a legend. She's a legend. But uh, damn, guys, yeah, do you is. think, Howard, you could play a little bit of that fairy tale of New York? Because I have an announcement to make that hold I need to hear. Hold on, hold on. Jesus. I'm, all, I'm working with one screen down here in Mexico, so, uh, you know, normally I'd have that up right now, but uh, hang on. Fairy tale. Uh, okay, uh, and I, I'm always, always happy to play this song. This part is the part. Okay, Mike, go ahead. Well, this is a Pogue song, and Christy McCall is the woman whose voice we hear, the late Christy McCall. The uh, sad news I have for you is that literally this morning we learned Shane McGowan who co-wrote this song and singing right now, passed away at 65. He's dead now. Wow. wow. That is crazy. And, and we, this is, I had no idea about that when we were talking about favorite Christmas songs. This is mine. And this is the first time of the holiday season. I play this a lot. And that, well, you know what? Is anyone surprised? No, no, no. Actually, it's a shock he made 60. Exactly. I mean, the man drank. You want to talk about drinking? Yeah, yeah, that's t- you want to talk about really drinking a Guinness at four o'clock, though? I mean, he drank a Guinness for brushing his tooth. <laughs> Do you remember his teeth? I Before just did, he got him. <laughs> I just did a yeah, tooth yeah. joke for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he had the wildest. Go Google his teeth. He had oh, the yeah, wildest crazy teeth. teeth yeah. He had a rough life. Yeah, he drank a lot of that fellow. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Howard. I'm sorry. No, that was it. Well, oh, I had made. Yeah, but we're talking about facial features and whatever. Yesterday, um, Delise is watching the Kelly Clarkson show, and she's lost a lot of weight, probably Ozempic. But Marlo Thomas was on. Have you seen that lately? She's had all that. She's <laughs> no. had all that. She's had all that Hollywood. Like it's unbelievable. Like I mean, oh. she is like a bona fide fuckface. Seriously, what does that mean, fuckface? Oh yeah, there well, she is. Just yeah. totally destroyed. Yeah, her that's like, something's it's, happened. It's like she paid somebody for this, and her nose looks like Michael Jackson's at the end, and her eyes are weird, and these big puffy jowls. Like yeah. somebody talked her into that. That's a woman that would have that would have aged beautifully, gracefully. You know, well, and she's I gotta scary. Say, yes, there's a couple of pictures of her as a younger woman, and I was a I was a big fan of her as a young man. I always enjoyed that <laughs> type, but I'm looking at her now. I see what you're saying. I mean, she's had some work done, you know. She's had a few, she's had a little bit of work. And I done. bet you, since that picture, she's had more done to try and fix what was done before that. And but it's I mean, even worse. Uh, you know, on behalf of everyone, I'm calling her a bona fide fuck face is a bit aggressive. I mean, you know, I, that was confusing I, yeah, to me. That I didn't seems know that a bit was a much good thing not to call thing, you out, yeah. but uh, you know, she's had some work done is one thing, but a bona fide fuck face. I mean, <laughs> Oh, but he, I'm, I know everyone will go, oh, I, I, celebrate that. Fuck face. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. The end of anyway, the year list just... are coming out right now, and uh, Fred, maybe should, Fred should have his top ten uh, bona fide fuck face uh, <laughs> list. Maybe. Who knows? 
Anyway, I know you wouldn't want to. Dan doesn't want to look mm. back at the fuck faces of twenty three. He's in forlorn. <laughs> Dan, you're not you're not one to contemplate a fuck face from the past. You look forward to the fat fuck faces from the future. <laughs> That's right. I look looking ahead. Only going for it. Only going. He, he for likes it. to predict who will be the next fuck face. <laughs> That's right. Who's the fat fuck face of twenty four? Dan Duran will have that information in January. Oh man, fuck face. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've, I haven't thought of Marlo Thomas uh, until this moment for about twenty years. So either she's, at I. She's still married to. Uh, Donahue? What's Donahue's first name? Dead. I don't know. I, no, no. I, he, I thought she was dead. dead. I don't know. What's Donahue's first okay. name? Phil. 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 That's right. Phil. Phil Donahue. Um, Mike, uh, we uh, we are we we're we're going hopelessly long here because this is our last show until we come back to uh, Toronto. True but. that. But I did a lot of work to uh, basically uncover Mor- Morgan. Ro- What's her name? What's his name? Morgan Wallen. Yes. Yeah. So. I have some information for you. Talk to okay. us. And by the way, before because it's our last show, and I'll get this in now because it'll be all Morgan. If anyone wants to visit the wonderful Palma's Kitchen on December 9th between noon and 3, you can pop up and say hi to me, and yes. we, you can get a free meal and a Great Lakes beer, and just say hi to Humble and Fred producer Toronto Mike. So that's the TMLX 14 on December 9th from noon to nice. 3. Nice. All right. So this was on May 2nd. 2017 and this never resonated with me because i don't care for the genre at all and i didn't like retain it like this name didn't sing even though i had a daughter named morgan i didn't actually retain that morgan wallen came on so i know you're running long but it's worth it just to get a taste of this this is going to go a couple couple two to three minutes is that okay how yeah yeah do it baby yeah all right here we go listen closely um, now, obviously, everyone's playing, but let's put Morgan here. Yeah. And, uh, and we got a second guitarist, which is fine. Uh, a shaker thing is always uh, welcome. This guy's a big deal, man. Was on The Voice. Uh, he was selected for Usher's team, but he said, F that shit. Sneedsville, Tennessee. Sneedsville. A preacher kid. Rolling Stone just listed Morgan as part of their 10 new country artists you need to know. Please welcome to our program, Morgan Wallen. What's going on? What's going on, brother? How y'all doing today? Um, I just have a question. What's your name, sir? Dominic. Dominic, are you going to be uh, playing and singing or just playing? Playing and singing. Okay, good. We have microphones for everybody. You got a guitar over there. Uh, we got a shaker guy over here. And uh, Taco. His name is Taco. It is, yeah. How are you, sir? No, Morgan. How are you? Taco, I'm fine with Taco. Oh, Taco's good. I'm good. Everybody's good. Talk about being on The Voice. Uh, what was the process of getting on that? And it was pretty unique, The what you did. You basically got picked and went, nah, I don't want to do this. So speak to us of that. Well, um, I, I don't... I got two chairs to turn, and... Sha- uh, Shakira, sorry, I was about to call her Shania Twain. I've been seeing a lot about Shania lately. Um, but Shakira picked me first. I guess you'd say pick me, and then Usher turned around. And, you know, I had never even watched the show, if I'm being honest, before I went on there. Yeah. And my my mom is the one who actually signed me up. And I asked her, I was like, who should I pick, you know, before? Because she, she had watched it, you know. She was like, well, whoever whoever picks you, I think you should pick Usher if you get the chance. So I'd already made up my mind who I was going to pick. But I didn't really have a reason just because mom told me to. <laughs> so you, you got picked by Usher. Sure, and you and you went on his team. I'm, I've honestly, I've only seen the show once a long time ago. You're on teams. What happens? Well, 
you win individually, and then they create teams, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah they each. My wife ha- watches it all the time. Yeah. She's probably seen you. Probably. I, I mean, each coach has twelve uh, contestants, I believe, yeah. and then it just starts narrowing down after that. Mm-hmm. And, and now you, uh, they, you, you sort of parted ways with the show. It says here after they encouraged you to go in a pop direction, which is not what you wanted to do. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, that was like kind of like the first thing. I didn't always, you know, I didn't grow up being a performer. I grew up wanting to play baseball, and that was my thing. And I ended up getting hurt before I was supposed to play in college, and I got hurt. And that's when I kind of started taking up singing as in a serious manner, you know. And that was that the show was kind of like my first uh, opportunity to you know showcase what I was able to do. I'd never even had my own show before, you know. Like I'd never played out in front of people, like being my own. Face serious? <laughs> yeah. So it was like it was kind of like a growing experience for me, you know. Like I didn't really even know who I was as an artist. I didn't know who I was as a person. Even I was twenty years old, you know. So I was just trying to figure it all out. But I knew I wanted to sing country. And now, it, wow. It's <laughs> so humble and friend. Wild, Isn't it that is fucking wild. wild. And now he's yeah, one of the biggest artists on the planet. I, I, I talked yeah. this the other day. We we talked. Uh, there was a a photo of him playing a stadium. I'm not talking about a marina. It's like eighty thousand people in Australia. Isn't Crazy man. And none of us remembered he was on. He went to no. number one on the Billboard Hot 100. And look, you got his origin story fresh off the Voice. You got the whole story. That's and he played live. Like I have. Him mm-hmm. live at, uh, I guess that was 30th Street. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, that was in 30th, 2018. What have been that, was it my place? Oh, yeah, that was Queensway. Okay, wild, yeah. He, so he was in your home, Howard, Morgan Wallen. And do you, I'm sorry, do you have the, you do have a clip of him playing? No, I mean, I. I oh, no, that's fine. No, 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 it's fine. I, I, just, I, I, I thought you had, No, no, that's fine. Listen, that one, what you prepared was fantastic. Um, and uh, that just goes to show you another humble and Fred moment where we have one of the biggest artists on the planet and nobody on the show can remember. No. Because it's Forget not a us. genre. You know what? It's no, a, like a missing no. genre. Yeah, no wonder broadcast dialogue has no interest in us whatsoever. Fucking yeah. Oh, I have news on that front, too. So, yeah, you mentioned Spotify did the wrapped up. So I can now say definitively from Spotify, what was the most po- and you guys can guess it, I think. But what was the most popular episode of Humble and Fred in 2023? Any guesses? Um, the one where we talked about people being fuck faces. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's every episode. Um, <laughs> the most hmm, popular. Episode. I know. Was it? No, was Voldemort oh, yeah. last spring? It was Jackie Delaney coming on uh, Humble and Fred to talk about uh, John Derringer. That was the most popular episode of 2023. Uh, but I thought that was 2022 for some reason. I know, and it's still it's still the most popular. Like it, oh. it doesn't matter when you record it, it's when you listen. Oh, I see. So that episode is still the most popular. Isn't that interesting? Yep. Does it say on Spotify... Um, um, can you show me how, how many people or just that's the most popular? Oh, you know what I'll do? I'll share the wrapped with you because it tells you how many people have you in their top 10. Like I know uh, 900 and something people have you as one of their top 10 podcasts of 2023. And remember, this is just Spotify. Like most people listen outside of Spotify. But yeah, almost a thousand people have you in the top 10 of 2023. Wow. So shout out to John Geringer for being such a cowardly prick. It really helped us. <laughs> is he not? Well, no, wait, is he a, but not a fuckface. <laughs> no. But Mike, when, when Dan tried to share his Spotify rap with me, all I got was mine for some reason when I opened it up. Yeah, I, I do it. A, I'll do it the proper okay. way where you'll get it. All right. Well, listen, uh, that's a long show. We got to go. Thanks to Amanda Barker. Thanks to Toronto, Mike. Thanks to Dan Duran. Uh, Fred's on his way to Orlando. I'll be back in uh, Toronto. 
a week from Saturday. We're back uh, doing a show again on the 11th of December. Then it's all the way to Kelsey's on the 20th of December, uh, 11 o'clock at the Dundas uh, location in Burlington. Did I miss anything? Oh, I hang on a second. One more time. Feeling stuck on the sidelines? Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle? I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. Tell your friends. Subscribe to the podcast. Do all the things that make people notice us because we want to be number one sometime. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, we don't remember stuff. And the most famous people have been on this show, but we don't care because we live in the moment. <laughs> and looking ahead, enjoy every goddamn day. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's